1: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Des Bishop podcast. Welcome back, I should say. And let's uh, let's skip my usual apologies because this time, you know, things are a little different now. I switched, I switched the podcast over to Acast this week, and that was kind of part of a, a commitment that I made to keep it going. And for those of you who listen to the shift, you'll know that I do actually have the ability. To maintain a weekly podcast and the thing about the shift that makes it easier is having a partner and I had actually been toying with the idea of getting a partner for the Des Bishop podcast which I haven't done completely however I have decided that I'm just gonna have some regular contributors so that not all episodes will be a conversation with somebody about their lives or about about a subject sometimes it'll just be me and possibly me and Carl Spain possibly me and Stephen Mullen and possibly a few other people that we get to know over the next while just discussing whatever is going on and then other times it'll be what we've had which is sometimes just funny chats with a comic sometimes serious chats with a comic sometimes chats with other people anyway i'm keeping it pretty broad but i'm definitely going to keep it going cuz i love the shift But the shift is a very specific thing and is also kind of deliberately sort of, you know, it's not focused at younger people. That's wrong. I think everyone's getting something out of the shift that listens. But I do feel like there are times where I want to be able to talk about other subjects and you can't talk about them on the shift. So here we are. We're back on the Des Bishop podcast. And the first episode... I wanted to connect to the last episode, which was actually five days after my mom died. And I wasn't even able to forget about the Desbyshire podcast because I get messages every week from people who listen to that episode. And I listened back to it myself a couple of days ago in preparation for this. And I'm really glad that I did it because it's amazing to have that record of that moment in my life. In fact, I, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed at myself that not, not, not podcast-wise, but I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't just record my thoughts weekly since my mom died. Um, anyway, needless to say, I got Carl because, you know, when I first got to know Carl, his mother was very sick and then his mom died uh, in 2003. So I said, hey, Carl, will you, will you join me to get the Des Bishop podcast back up and running? And let's, uh, let's begin where I left off, talking about grief and our dead mothers. And uh, that's what we did. I mean, there's a bit of a theme in this which is kind of sort of like looking for the humor and grief at times. I didn't mean it to be that, but it seemed to be the place where Carl was most comfortable. So it kind of falls into that category quite a bit. And I'm also, I have to uh, out myself. Uh, I really just wanted to talk to somebody who'd been through losing their mom. To see if it could help me in any way And maybe I should have I mean I did tell Carl that But maybe I should have told Carl Do you mind just asking me questions Because I'm trying to unlock Stuff in myself And trying to make sense of it for myself And I didn't do that And when I was listening back I kind of regretted it Because I actually felt like I wanted I I did want to ask Carl a lot of stuff But there are times where I wanted Carl to ask me stuff I probably should have told him we should have gone back and forth with the questions, but anyway, I'm still pretty happy with uh, what we have. And Carl is a dear friend of mine, and I appreciate his time, and I appreciate him allowing me to to pry into what was, you know, a, a serious moment in his life, and a lot of time has passed, it was 16 years. So uh, this is myself and Carl chatting about losing our moms. So uh, basically, we're getting the Des Bishop podcast back up and running, um, mainly because you know I've been doing the shift, but it's kind of like you know it's a little restricted in what we can talk about. And the reason why I asked you here today is, well, number one, I want the Des Bishop podcast to have uh, like more regular contributors, mm. like people that are on a lot. Oh, good to just have the crack. Oh, yes. And now, I know I haven't actually officially discussed this with you, but you'd be one of the people I'd be... Oh, yeah, and yeah. And I yeah. know that you're one of the people that probably wouldn't mind.
2: The one thing, my my great genius in comedy has been my availability.
1: Well, yeah, and our <laughs> friendship and the fact that we have a good rapport and all that stuff. Uh, so, so that's one thing. Um, I know that I have to keep it going on the regular, which is why I want to have regular contributors because getting guests can be tough. Uh, but more importantly even though i haven't kept up the desbyshire podcast very regularly the last time that i put up an episode was 5 days after my mother died
2: all right all right and it's
1: it's a it's, a, it's an interesting ep uh obviously in terms of whatever it's 5 days after my mom died and i'm so glad that i recorded that cuz it's like a diary entry really yeah 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 but also i every week I, I get at least two or three people messaging me being like, I just listened to the podcast five days before your mom died. It's kind of kept the whole Des Bishop podcast alive. So I did think really should have a follow on to that, mm. which is it's, it's now November. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my mom died in March. So I thought, who could we get to, to start up the Des Bishop podcast again? And I, I asked you because when we, when we first were gigging, you know, we we used to talk about your mom a lot. I mean, it was it was fresher back then? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, what? my mom, my mom died in September twentieth, two thousand and three. Gotta hope I have that right. Um <laughs> It's
1: okay. She <laughs> which which
2: which was my brother's birthday, and one of her grandchildren's birthday. So it was, but like it was her my brother who was the, her. So it was the anniversary of becoming a mother as well. So it was, you know, there was all kinds a lot of going on. Yeah, yeah. I actually was recording a children's TV thing down in Cork and I was on a train when I heard and my brother, my brother whose birthday it was, rang me and I was like, happy birthday and he goes, oh told mum your mum has died so I had to change, get off at Limerick Junction and literally head to Limerick and I was, like I actually, when I, I was with people when I heard and I remember going in, I think I spent the rest of the train in the toilets pretty much crying. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm getting off the train, this scumbag comes up to me so it's going why are you crying why you and I was gone <laughs> oh my I never I was literally gone and his mate was there leave me alone and I was gone I'd, I'd seriously think about effing off here and now and he goes why are you crying and I was there going if he doesn't you go, can say off. fucking off we're on a podcast Yeah, are yeah, yeah, not yeah. fucking today I know but I was there <laughs> if he doesn't fuck off now I'm going to just dive onto the tracks and use him to cushion my I was gone yeah, I was, was thinking he's yeah. going to take all my pain and I'll Definitely gave it to him. I remember just being so, I was like going, just surely you can see on my face I'm traumatized with something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's what I felt so annoyed. I didn't have to go, look, my mum died. I didn't have to go anything because I thought he'd say the wrong thing and then I would do something horrible. But it was just, it's closest I've ever come to just literally gone unleashing violence on someone, you know, um, not on a football pitch. Obviously, no, that's but it totally is, justifiable there. But, it is um, a
1: bigger issue, <clears throat> If a woman had been crying, people would have been like, are you okay? Well, if, I,
2: I think if anyone's crying, you should. I know. You know, yeah, very, I'm sorry, yeah. You were very unlucky, though. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. I was to just that. that moment, I was just stepped out in the kind of, you know, the bits near the door, and it's, we're getting off. And just even the way he said it, rather than just going, what's wrong with you? You know, I could have nearly dealt with that. Well, It was just a horribleness. Why
1: are you I'm crying? A, yeah, why are you crying? <laughs> what's wrong with
2: you? And it was just so insincere, and... uh i remember it was it was it, it was still raw for a while i didn't realize how much it stays with you do you what, know what i that, mean the, my mom is still with me now a lot of the time you know but i remember i was in australia six months later and i was struggling i'd have a good gig then i'd have a bad gig but when i started having the bad gig sometimes you can fix a bad gig you know you'll go right i'll change gear here i'll bring better material forward blah 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 and i just didn't care i was like who cares do you know what I mean? I could, I felt, and I was like realized afterwards that was almost self destructive, you know. But it was just like you know. No, nah, but it was it was still the residual.
1: No, I think I I, I think the grief is is big. Mm. I think I think uh, well, there's a lot there's a lot to unravel here. But just yeah, yeah. in just in relation to what you're just saying, it's only hit me recently because my dad died in 2011. Uh, you know, my mom died in March. And suddenly I look back and I go, it feels like almost like a lost decade because I was looking after my dad for yeah, yeah. the year and a half before that. And then I was looking after my mom a lot. And I actually kind of look back and I just go, wow, like at least half of this decade was like a, like a quick blur from looking after them mm. and then grief and the avoidance of grief, you know, and 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 carrying on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even realizing that you've got this whole extra thing going on inside your body
2: mm. and, and other people not notice not noticing it um do you know what i mean are going like oh you know like not, it mightn't have been you but you know someone might go to me oh that comedian was a bit rude and i'm going yeah he might have just you know never know what happened i remember you when you got the call in kilkenny and it, we, we all thought you just heard your father died it was the good night cats
1: Oh, he hadn't died yet, funnily enough. I no, rem- he I, re- I remember
2: that incorrectly. You had disappeared, and it was like, you were meant to go on. And I'm on stage, co-hosting, I think, with Fred Cook and Jason Byrne. Was it you and J- I can't remember. Maybe Jason was on. There was three of us on stage to the audience. And we were wondering, where's Dez? Someone find Dez. And Maxwell, Andrew Maxwell comes up and whispers in my ear, we think Dez's dad has died. He's not going to be coming up. He's gone somewhere. And... The whole room was looking at me, what's he say? And I can't remember what I said. It wasn't, you know, I was just saying, Oh, he's what well, didn't know he was on or something, you know, it was something I dealt. But I'm nearly crying on stage because it brought me back and I'm having sure. met your father. I'm thinking about my mum. And I'm on stage now going, Oh my god, just hold it together. Like, you know, it'd be like Maxwell just bullied me and said something. You're terrible. And he I wasn't just even crying. dead yet. No, but it was just Pre, it premature grief. It was a, it, it was a scare. It was a scare. And I was just going, Oh my God. But there is that thing of with comedians just to get them in general thing of everyone thinks you know it's the one myth i don't know where it came from you know there's the one oh you're all tragic you're all gonna kill yourselves but there's that thing why aren't you happy all the time i remember once guy in a pub stopped looked at me went you're a comedian why aren't you laughing
1: oh i know (laughs) but you 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 get that
2: yeah i'm just going i don't even know where to begin
1: well i think comedy is a funny job it's like it's like being a physical physical therapist there's certain jobs that just elicit weird responses yeah, like you say you're a physio somebody will tell you they have a problem with your knee you say you're a comedian they'll either say like make me laugh tell us a joke or here's a you joke you've you, heard you were not school. yeah you don't yeah or they'll say like you don't you don't look funny or you know yeah but but um there's a lot it's just it's funny you you we have we have we have to, we have to slow down because there's so much because i ended up in australia right after my mom died too but i want to just jump back just a touch because when i first met you you know your mom was ill, right? Your mom was ill. My for- mom had
2: Parkinson's first. My mom died when she was 60, just for the context. Of, you, know, you probably know that. Um, but she'd been she'd been sick for about 16 years. So from younger than she than I am now, I'm 48 now, so she was 44, mid-40. 40, she She'd five kids. She had two jobs. Um, she worked in the Bordenagon up in the Toad with the, the Greyhound racing. She worked in the jewellers. And... Um, but my mum uh, you know you know a lot of this that she'd been a housewife of the year finalist she'd been a miss harmony finalist in 1970 i don't know was that a hair thing or what it was but um everyone the joke you know is everyone used to say how glamorous and gorgeous my mother was and then they'd pause look at me and go god you're very like your father <laughs> you know and it, it but random people in different places that knew her but um my comedy muscles developed i was always kind of jokey jokey but was looking after my mum's where She'd be sitting in the chair, couldn't really move. She'd be getting upset because she was such an active person. Um, And in that respect, I'm also very like my father. Um, So just being restricted. And instead of just going trying to talk to her, you know, in a serious... I joke. I used to pretend to be the parish priest coming in. I'd be making up stories about the neighbors that I'd heard in confession. And I'd say, it's okay to tell you, you'll be dead soon. Now, this was long before she died. And yeah. I, we didn't know. It was still very sudden when she did die. So I'd be telling, making up, having all this fun and making her laugh. You know, I'd literally take her from tears to laughter in a couple of minutes by making her laugh. And it was that thing of the one skill I had to help look at you know i'd be patient with her whatever and make tea toast you know help her light the fire whatever anything but it was that was the one skill i'd have that i could make her laugh even when she's at her most frustrated or you know restricted in her movement or whatever because yeah, yeah, go yeah ahead. sorry no, go no on. i was
1: gonna say that just because i was thinking about the caretaking part you yeah, know yeah. like i mean in terms of looking after my mother, my dad was like a quick year and a half, but it was a very prescribed amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my mother's similar-ish to your mom in that no way could you compare the 16 years of of illness, but it was certainly the end of 2014 until the beginning of 2019 when she died was like a steady decline, but no actual like notice of what's wrong. And we weren't expecting her to die when she died. But... You know when when she did die, you do realize that it takes up a little part of your brain, and suddenly when you don't have to worry about that, it, it is amazing how it frees up that 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 is a lot.
2: But that was it. I mean, as much as I'm saying, oh, I was looking after. It, there was there was you know my younger sister was there, uh, and my father, and that was part of it. When my mom died, I think it was almost like, oh, what do I do now? That's what I was doing. You know, literally almost twenty four seven so there was a weird thing of
1: yeah even if you're not doing something you're thinking you're about there it. yeah you're, you're thinking about it
2: you're whatever yeah there's all that element to it so it was kind of a weird thing once you know a month or two gone by you're suddenly going oh i, I don't have to do that anymore
1: and had and during that time because i'm still like you know i'm in like nine months of uh of this and i have you know d- d- do you remember like the moments where it, it was like what were the things that sort of touched it off in you in terms of like missing her and then sometimes even like, I don't know, if, kind of like weird, like happy moments of memories. Like are there, is there anything that jumps out at you in those um, early years?
2: The chair, because the chair she had was provided, um, there was a woman who used to come in and make her dinner every day. Um, and she had a chair from whatever the, the health service provides you know, that you can motorize chair that you can get out of, but yeah. she never really used it like that. But it was literally walking into the room. The first time I walked into the the room and the chair was gone, It unbelievable. It was like it had happened just straight away again. The space, it was literally the space of her chair being gone. It was such a moment of, yeah, she's she's gone. What do you expect? She's never coming back. She's not coming back. And I was very close to my mum. Um, I would chat to her about anything and everything, like she'd tell me stories growing up and stuff like that. She was the eldest of eight kids. So I think she helped raise her younger brothers and sisters as much as, you know, being an older sister.
1: But no, you're talking about uh the chair, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean I've I've had a few things, you know. Now luck I mean, I don't know if it's luck, but we sold the house we grew up in a few years ago. Yeah. yeah we yeah. had to size down because you know my mother was she wasn't good physically like and uh so she got this new apartment which which is is great it was great that she had like way more independence in those those final few years it does help though that like a lot of memories are kind of yeah yeah washed away but i had a funny one recently where i i took i took the printer out of her apartment which i had bought for her <laughs> you, know, you get a lot of you get a lot, get a
2: lot, of, lot of losing when someone dies yeah <laughs>
1: They're, well, well... Where's Mammy's rings? You're, you're, exactly. Who took fucking... Who took what? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They, 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 You do get a lot of that, but we won't get, in, we won't get into the negatives. But anyway, I, I had bought her the printer and um, I had forgotten that she had a problem with it. You know? That it wasn't working and she was obsessed with Amazon... Return labels Amazon's right. not as big here But she loved Buying shit off Amazon She returned 50% of it Like for me All to right, return yeah, yeah. One thing is huge Like the thought yeah, Of yeah, printing yeah. it out And putting the fucking label on And giving it back To the UPS guy <laughs> Is a humongous ordeal But that was like My mother's life And she called me The printer's not working I gotta return You know like The, the, uh, the obsession with the return Anyway long story short I took the printer And when I, I had to Fucking print something out It wasn't fucking printing And I was like Oh that's right I forgot my mother Fucking told me that the fucking printer wasn't working. So I figured it out. And it was very embarrassing because the fucking tape was still over the ink cartridge. Oh. You know, you gotta pull the fucking yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. tape yeah, yeah. off of the ink cartridge. Like when I replaced the ink cartridge, I guess I didn't take the tape off. Or she replaced it and did yeah, yeah, I'll blame her. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mom, but I can't remember who. But all I know is that she called me and I couldn't fucking figure it out at the time. So I took the fucking ink, the, the tape off. And the fucking thing printed out. And my immediate thought was, I got to call my mom and say, oh. I fixed the fucking cartridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this there's this couple of seconds. Yeah, that's... It's the couple of seconds. And I actually, I Instagrammed that. And people said, oh, yeah, it's those few seconds that are, are a killer. Yeah, yeah. It's the You forget. And then you remember. And the remembering sucks.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, there, there's... Yeah, that, that they're, they're those moments of just, oh, I must tell her that, or I met someone and they go, it's hard to say. It.
1: It's not always bad. <coughs> no, it, sometimes it's good. Like I remember quite recently, I was back in Ireland and I was playing golf, and I don't know why, like I just had this memory of needing to call my mom. Mm. You know, like like possibly, it was literally like at some previous point when I was on that golf course, there was something going on with my mother. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I needed to call her, and I remember thinking like. I'll fucking have to call my mom. So then I had a thought like, oh, I should call my mom. And then I was like, oh, I don't have to fucking. Yeah, 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 And it was almost like a relief. So it's not always bad. Now, I don't yeah, mean that yeah. like, and I don't mean that in a, I don't miss my mom. But sometimes you do get the thing of like, I just don't have to worry about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, can be a relief sometimes when there's been a lot of stress associated with them being ill.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's the illness thing that is the real Drain on the mo and the stressor, really. You know that they can't yeah, and you do. you were stuff. younger, you know. Yeah, I was. And you were
1: just starting out in comedy
2: too. Well, it was even, but when I was still in school. So what that used to happen in our house was, um, my brother was away at college, my older sister was away at college, and my younger sister, and my mum used to go up next door to my grandmother. It used to, was still, you know, when I was still, when my mum first got sick, she wouldn't be too bad. She was still working for a bit. And I'd the house to myself every evening and I meant to be studying for exams. But I used to play pool up in the attic with a pool table up in the attic and that's what I did. And it was more just my mum went up to be with her mother when she was sick, so that just those hours from about I think was it from around they go up for Coronation Street and come back around ten o'clock. So they'd be the hours I'd meant to be studying. And, oh, we'd almost, we'd leave the house and, i play pool, i had the stereo on full. I was probably listening to the Waterboys pre- and Prefab when, when, <laughs> <laughs> when you were
1: young, though, when you were a teenager then, did yeah. you, like, was it very upsetting to find out your mom had Parkinson's? Or really, did you need to see the progression of the disease before it really um, started to kick in?
2: It was upset. I think it, because it caused, I think, my mom was, was very emotional initially. Like, there'd be frustration and she'd be, you know, she wasn't, one for having a strop as such or you know uh to wobbler. but when she was that w- didn't happen in our house my mum was the strength like my like my grandmother was in her, in their house my grandmother would have been one of these women who now would probably be a ceo somewhere you know they, yes my mum's family were very clever there was all like getting a lot top of wasted talent there a lot of in that wa- generation yeah, of you, irish women it really is the the, the great tragedy i i mean, feel the same thing about my own mother today. yeah and it just feel like um Like my mum wanted to be a teacher, and when she, because she left school, I think it was that she was 16 when she did her leaving, that you you couldn't go to college till you were 17. So that year out, work, and then distracted her from going to college. And you kind of go, isn't that kind of stupid? Like, you know, these kind of idiotic things. But when when you you were a teenager, though. But when I was, yeah, it just, it it, it kind of made me less, I I literally switched off academically, I think, was one of the things that happened to me. And I would have been someone in primary school. I would have been near the top of the class. There was a couple... Yeah, you're clearly super sharp. But there was... was, um, It just... It became irrelevant. I literally thought, oh, I don't know. And I had actually wanted to be a teacher, funnily enough.
1: And back then, nobody... I mean, when I say back then, we're we're getting to the age now where you say back then, but like... Late 80s, we're talking, yeah. But back then, like... I'm pretty sure nobody pulled you to the side and said, hey, listen, I know it's upsetting about your mom, but you need to stay focused. No, no
2: everyone was, my father had a business that kind of, he was selling hairdressing supplies. He was a sales rep for years and then he'd gone out on his own. But it literally got to the point of, like he might be up in Donegal selling stuff and then go, oh, I need to be home for half five. I won't do those extra calls. So the business was suffering. And also around that time, my brother had another, I have two brothers, one of them, he got uh, a benign growth in his face, but he had to get chemo. So my mum got sick, then my brother got sick. And so that house was, like, I was, I wouldn't say forgotten. I wasn't neglected or anything like that, but it was left to my own devices, basically. And they didn't think there was a problem. And it wasn't really. I was kind of, but I was just more breezing through life then, just going, oh, there's bigger problems in the world, you know. And, yeah, so I was just, you know, I would have... I'd show up in school in the morning and I'd copy the homework off on of the other lads. I'd do nothing, you know. But was, nobody ever said to you like, no, there was okay? no one noticing this. There was no one. Yeah. There was no one, as I said, one, two of them were away at college, and but school too, right? School in school, two, no, there was, was no, no one cared. No, nobody there was cared. nothing. There was no, but I wasn't really acting up or anything like that. I would kind of be. You know, I know,
1: but they must have known that your mom had found that. They, out they had, did. I don't know. They, they it was before have, Michael J. Fox, so it wasn't as. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that was the joke. I said that Muhammad Ali has Parkinson's, just like my mother. Um, I actually said this to my mother. I'd lived it one night. There were, it was on the television about Muhammad Ali has Parkinson's, and I went, You have Parkinson's. I, but you kept boxing. <laughs> 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 You'd no chance of a world title fight. <laughs> and again, she laughed. That, that was my approval. It was actually, funnily enough, I told Adam Hills that joke because I was talking to him about you know him being born without a foot and he said he never wanted a joke about it originally because he'd been known as that guy and I was saying about the Parkinson's I told him some of the Parkinson's jokes about my mum and he goes they're very funny you should do them and I went oh I don't feel right and then we're going why I says, I says yeah she Never had a problem with him. Maybe it was a bit of didn't want to reveal too much.
1: But plus, it's your mom. You're. It's allowed my to. mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, I played golf with Michael J. Fox two summers oh ago. Right. Oh, right. No, Have I well. told you the story? No, no, no. I didn't know this. No, this is a true story. So he was a member of my golf club, and one of the members, very friendly with him, told me, you know, Michael's not in great shape, but he still likes to play. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna and play. And you've
2: been so competitive, think oh, I beat him. Beat this guy.
0: <laughs>
1: no, he he said uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to invite you to play because I think you'd really enjoy it. Hmm. I was like, you're fucking damn right. I mean, this guy is like one of the main stars oh my God. Yeah, of yeah, my yeah. childhood. Family ties, Back to the Future team. Like,
2: I'm excited that I know someone who's met Michael J. Fox even.
1: So, <laughs> I'm very excited to meet Michael J. Fox and uh, I arrive and he arrives at the same time before our mutual friends. Oh, right, yeah. So I introduced myself to Michael. I say, Michael, I'm Dad. So we're going to be playing together. And he says, oh, hey, nice to meet you. He says, you know, a lot of people ask me, what's my handicap? And I say, isn't it obvious? <laughs> <laughs> that was his opening line. He opened with that. Yeah. You know, so just in terms of being humorous about it, I think it's okay to.
2: Do you know what the J stands for? Useless Trivia Fact. What? Arnold. He's really Michael A. Fox. Jay but he, Jay was better for on screen. There's a better flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But no, just I, I only brought that up just in terms of I, I think the humor about these things is, is really important. But that's and,
2: when you're in that moment with someone and, and you know, when my mom was sick, it was that thing of the humor and the dark humor and sometimes I used to talk to her like a doctor and pretend that me was there as an like so i'd play the role of the doctor and pretend i was there so i'd be a doctor talking to me about your mom about my mom going oh look she's gone wave the hand in front of her face we'll take her to the home the joke was always she's going in a home we're taking her to a home next week um you know don't worry she's not going to be there long look at her and you know wave the hand in front of the face your most callous doctor and she used to love she'd roar laughing at this and I think it it meant a lot. She did die at home, it meant a lot to her that she never had to go. Oh, that yeah, we looked that's after. essential. For it my was mom such a well. big deal. And she'd say it, you know, she felt every couple of months she'd just say she go, you know, it, it would be the thing. Um, I suppose I missed the one thing I missed would be sitting with her just chatting, sure. And just like not that there's anything she'd be talking about the old days. I'd sometimes, you know, let her tell a story she's told me before. You know, and just not l- tell her, not tell her that I've heard it, You know, and see if she sticks to the same story. You know, if, if <laughs> oh, if, watch if it the, evolve. Yeah, yeah, watching things. Um, but but, you know. but
1: but one of the things I want to talk to you about is is bringing the humor of all this into a show. But just before we jump onto that, I do want to ask one thing it's relatively serious. In that, you looked after your mom for all those years, and obviously you were on a train when you found out your mom died, and like we were there with my mom but it's just, just luck yeah yeah Co- you know coincidentally enough i booked the flight when i was in limerick but like first of all how was it that it was that su- you know it was a heart attack in the end oh, she'd been weakened
2: right. they actually had done I can't, I'm, I'm.
1: is that calm is that like an expected result of the i Parkinson's? don't know i
2: i don't know but she had been weaker i mean when she initially got sick she put on a bit of weight and then for the last few years, she was quite thin and frail. You know, she'd lost the weight, I don't know, partly through medication, partly yeah. through whatever, even both putting on the weight and losing the weight. Her medication was always off. She never felt, you know, it was fully right that she was getting enough. Or, you know, sometimes she'd go, Oh, I need to take a tablet. Or sometimes she wouldn't remember if she has taken her tablets and then wouldn't be sure whether she should or shouldn't. So that was always. A stressor and we're kind yeah. of going just you know let's wait 10 minutes and see what you know wait half an hour let's not just make the decision you know think about previous days so you know you're trying to negotiate that but you still have that stress of oh god like you know am i going to do damage here if i give yes. my mother tablets or yes. what's happening here but the, the, she'd gone there was some tests there was some operation you could get um that had been brand new and i think it might have been a year or so before my mum died, that they had said she wasn't suitable for the operation. And I think that was, with hindsight, it was almost like she's not strong enough for it or she won't last. You know, I think they didn't, you know, that medical... Too far gone, perhaps. that ma- That medical kind of, you know, call it callous, but it's not, you know, the clinicalness yeah. of a medical professional.
1: You didn't hold on to... You, it, it didn't, like, overly upset you that you weren't there, right? It just...
2: No, I actually think I was quite relieved I wasn't. My father and my sister were there. Right. I don't think I wanted. Just by to.
1: chance, though, like what? no, they were at home, so they were at home.
2: It was Saturday morning, um, and um, yeah, they were there. I don't, I do never really talked to them about it, but yeah, when I would said goodbye to her on the day before, she hadn't been well. Again, with hindsight, you realise, yeah, oh, she's not. You know, her. I gave her kissing the cheek and the skin. Just just she wasn't well. And I was like thinking, you know, uh, again, with hindsight, you don't think, oh, this is the last time I'll ever be. But she was like yeah, partially yeah. 50% aware. Um, I don't know. If she, Yeah, I don't know. The worst thing, and I was, the worst thing I remember, um, I bought a suit about a month before she died. And she asked me, why did you get a black suit? And I said, because i I'll have it for your funeral. And the two of us roared laughing. She laughed, roar, and it was obviously, there was no thought of there's any imminent death in the family and i remember when i put on the suit that morning i remember i'd said it and i was going oh god and i remember her laughing you felt Uh, bad right? i just felt that bad but it was that kind of joke and i'm that's you know i mean not saying dark jokes but um with my friends from home the friends the, the people i'd be closest to we could joke about anything i remember there's a there's a friend of mine. She got married, and her herself and her husband had both lost a brother, and they were out, We were out one night, the three of us, and they started joking about, "Oh, you can't be here with us. You're from the Dead Mothers Club. We're the Dead Brothers Club."
1: Yeah. And you know, being I dark, make those jokes about the da- anyone whose dad dies. I always say, Well, yeah. to the Dead Dad's Club." Well, that's
2: it. There's d- dark humor about it, and it's like people would hear it and go, "Oh my God, I can't believe you said it." But, you no, have, but you've but earned the just, right to say it. You know, I know,
1: but there is, there are certain times where. It, it It is a good joke, but it bites you in the ass, like you with the it's suit, suit yeah, yeah, yeah. and also with me. I mean, in my show, I still do it in my show because it's so popular. I'm not dropping it yet. I do my joke about singing Be Not Afraid, how much I love Be Not Afraid, and then I say, you know, when somebody dies, I'm really sad, but then I think, oh, great, I'm going to hear it. Be Not Afraid of <laughs> <at> the funeral. <laughs> And when (laughs) Be Not Afraid came on at my mother's funeral, now I did pick it, so I knew it was coming, because I I was the DJ, I I curated the... I don't think
2: mother's funeral had a DJ. Yeah, but you know what I mean, (laughs) I picked the
1: songs. And when Be Not Afraid came on, I kind of had a little laugh to myself, because I was just like, when I say, when Mm. somebody dies, I wasn't thinking that the next fucking funeral I'd be at is my mom's funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did laugh, but I tried to sing it, and I couldn't sing it. As in, like, I started you know, I started crying when I was singing it. So the, the jokes do come back to but bite. But you never laugh
2: hand. more than, than someone, you know, the funeral, you'll be crying more and laughing more. It's like, Oh yeah, the funeral All part. emotions are raw.
1: But also another joke, which my mother hated actually, but I thought it was hilarious. When my dad was ill, but you know, he was doing okay. I guess it was in that interim bit. I, it was definitely after Edinburgh though. So he was like back on chemo. So he wasn't mm. great. It was like the autumn of 2010. Uh, his his best friend's wife died. Now, she had had Alzheimer's for years. So it was like one of those funerals, which was like yeah. like a blessing because she'd been yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. She'd been gone for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a formality. And my dad decided that he was well enough to go. So he gets all dolled up for this uh, wake or the funeral. I can't remember where. I think it was the wake. It was the wake because I went and, uh, in the uh in the living room we were all just happened to be standing there and my dad said it's all right it's just a dress rehearsal <laughs> which i just thought <laughs> i just thought it was fucking hilarious and my mother was like that's not funny mike yeah, yeah, yeah. but my mother was not accepting that my dad was gonna die my dad yeah, knew yeah. he was going yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. and it, it made him feel better to make a joke about it well that's
0: ready to pop the question
2: Yeah, how you deal with it? Even actually, the joke I did earlier about your mum was glamorous. You look very like your father. I did her eulogy, and I said that, and I ha- it was one of those. I hadn't gone up. I'm not going to joke. Oh, you have to joke. You know, it's it, essentially Eulogy, but I'm on the church, and I would like the. Uh, I'm on the altar, and I'm saying, and I said it, and it was kind of an ad lib. I don't think I'd planned it. You know, people had said it, but I didn't think I, I never, I don't think I'd ever shared it with someone or said it. You hadn't said that on stage? I don't think so. I, it took me years to say it on stage, even afterwards. And I remember walking out and two of my mum's friends from years back were kind of, I, 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 made, I made a note don't look at anyone. Don't look at anyone in the face because I'd always remember them as I'm carrying the coffin. If I see someone, I'll always associate them with this moment, and yes. certainly when you're thinking like that. But I could sense them shaking, and I said, "Oh, they're crying." I didn't realise until afterwards they came up and said they didn't stop laughing from when I said it to the end of the funeral. Now they've lost a very close friend, but my joke of you're very, very like your father, they were gone. They were laughing for the rest of.
1: Yeah, he killed it. Yeah. <laughs> they're the only two i have that joke in my show i say you know when you're a comedian there's a lot of pressure for the eulogy because everybody in the crowd is thinking oh this is going to be good." <laughs> <laughs> i hope he does long um, but when i got
2: to the door of the church ter- mick dolan was there and he kind of waves i remember going for fuck's sake mick i'm all and even again i'm t- you know you know Dol- dolan's is the venue in limerick and it was like we're to do the comedy i was going oh my god this is the thing i remember actually getting but it up- didn't
1: it didn't stay with you right the- Mick's
2: face it, no, I think of it, I don't know. But when yeah. I, I meet, make it—it's not the first thing I think of. It was a weird one then. But getting back on stage the first time was so raw and electric. I don't think I ever felt a charge like it. Going, did you? Did you? I didn't know what it'd be like. But and did kid, you? Does the audience know? Or? No, I don't. I didn't tell them. Um, there was a genuine. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know from the outside looking at me what it would have looked like but inside my head and stuff it was electric it was just i'm still not sure and there's jokes i had where i'd have made reference to my mother or you yeah. know grown up and you suddenly realize when you say the Past line tense. whoa it just hits you like you know that it's you know you're going oh my mom was you know whatever i don't know what i used to what jokes it would have been but it's just when you mention it the power of suddenly it's like the emotion and you're just fighting it back you know, the last thing you need is to start well, crying Well, what happened on stage. with me?
1: Yes. Well, well, when my dad died, I was doing a show about my dad. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I had to cancel some shows, but the next time I was on stage, I was talking about my dad in Galway. But everybody knew that my dad had died, and that was quite a special yeah, yeah. moment. And I did nearly cry, but we had a good show. But with my mom, which, by the way, just for the record, I, I, I think it's more difficult to lose your mother. Now, I, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, Have competition about the more important. <laughs> parent but i i have found it more difficult but anyway i had you know this this fucking this like unprepared death of my mom and then all the chaos that went with it which i talked about on the previous episode but then i went to australia i should have fucking canceled australia but I yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah and like fucking new york to dublin dublin amsterdam amsterdam to fucking australia within nine days of your mom dying is not the thing to be doing yeah yeah
2: jet lag and grief are too.
1: yeah not a good combo i actually did the project in australia first that was the first performance i had was the project in australia which was the friday so that was uh that was uh 10 days later well not 10 days later but Mm. it was a friday evening so it was nine and a half days later because now i've jumped fucking 20 you know all these time zones i was shit on that to be honest with you and we we should have I, the decision was let's not talk about your mom just dying, which was actually a mistake because it yeah, would have been yeah. easier to just talk about that because that was the more natural thing. Instead, I was doing material and I was very manic and I didn't come across great, in my opinion. But then that night, literally, I went from the project to my opening night, and I walked on stage, and I was like, "Sorry about canceling last night. My mom died," which I felt bad about which is pretty ridiculous because it's a pretty good excuse. I think the average Australian millennial yeah. would be like, oh, I have anxiety today. I can't do the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I feel bad about it. Yeah, But anyway, yeah. then I literally talked about my mom for 40 minutes, which was not my plan, but it just vomited out, which is why I'm doing the show about my mom. But I did have to, I had to pull back. I, I ended up like the first couple of nights thinking, fuck it, just go for it. Mm. And I, I kept talking about my mom. But you know, you're talking about that electricity that you felt that does fade, which I'm sure you found. But particularly when you're talking about your mom, yeah, yeah. it fades. And then eventually it was just like, ugh. now I'm just working on a new show here. You know, it was kind of exciting that first night to just get it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this audience was there for this fucking experiment moment in time. But by the fourth night, it was like, oh fuck, I'm just working on a new show here in front of these people that came for like... So I actually, I didn't stop talking about my mom, but I shortened it to like the 15, 20 minutes that was just clearly fucking hilarious. Mm. And I stopped trying to work out some some narrative arc
2: yeah it's for me i, I had thought about doing a show um like uh, carl spain housewife of the year and but it's about my mom yes. just because the, the title that was the title the title was good would have caught people's not attention re-
1: not a good reason to write a show. No, no no no
2: no but i had thought about writing about her and just doing that but then i'm going for me i there's a the thing of i think now it could be wrong but my on stage persona I'm quite not trivial in the sense of I'm, I can be silly I, it's more I don't think people would believe if when I've been sincere do you know what I mean it's it, I didn't I didn't think I'd sell it well as an idea for a show well, um, plus
1: yeah and if, 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 if it wasn't screaming out at you to be done then you no didn't. yeah
2: exactly that's the other thing it was it's one of those for me I, I didn't think it would be um I haven't seen the show about your mother. I loved the show about your father. That was, you know, that to me, uh, you know, and and that is, you know, an example for me when comedy's at its best, it's when the comedian is sharing, you know, when it's, because it's literally no one else could be doing a show about your father. I know other people have done their stories or whatever, but it was just that that kind of rawness. I mean, that's, you know, it's like the Richard Pryor thing, talking about, you know, his childhood. Yeah, but in saying
1: that, the thing about the show about my dad was, I, I... I was writing that show well before he got sick and that I wanted to tell the story of my dad and his kind of few lives that he had and then him getting cancer was just the final thing that yeah, yeah, made yeah. me say this show has to be written whereas like for you you had this thing of I just don't know and I used to have that with my dad I just don't know and then it was his illness that was the thing that made me go oh I, I, I know what yeah yeah yeah. the show I, is oh great you've given me an ending <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it just but that, it, I it helped, helped wasn't me to an, understand
2: i wasn't an experienced enough comic then as well as well yeah. do you know what i mean i would still now I, I i genuinely am pretty fearless going on stage whereas i don't know when it stopped i mean i stopped being nervous for gigs but um there would still have been a little bit of oh i better get them you know you know i'd be still overly conscious of the gig but now, I literally, I don't, it's a confidence of, you know, nearly 20 years in, I've just gone, give me a room, I'll show you, I'll fucking show you. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, and uh, I could literally, give me a topic, yeah, I'll talk about that. I've, I feel now.
1: It's tough though too, you know, because, well, first of all, most guys don't do a show about these things. I don't think it's, I, yeah, I, yeah I don't think, I think you would have actually, I think I would have liked to have, have, have heard, you know, your show uh, about your mom. But on the flip side it can be tough to process that because your mom was 60 and you know sometimes i feel like w- when it's a little more tragic like yeah, like yeah. there's an element of tragedy i'm i i i hope this isn't like like a judgment i hope it's but like it, it, like it, and you can't compare deaths but it would have been nice if you got a bit more time, and sometimes maybe that's harder to turn into a. I I a, don't know.
2: It's it's like the it, for me it would have been trying to celebrate, you know, your mom's life, my mom's life, you know the. Uh, but and um, and
1: so when you hear people talk about grief, because I, I I have a funny one with grief because people you know I post stuff on Instagram like at the time too, or I talk about being tired, people say, "That's grief," or "You're grieving." Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, I get it. I mean, I I. I I know what I'm feeling. Th- thanks. I didn't need you to tell me. But I also sometimes wonder like why, you know, why do people feel like it's so important to to label this as a specific emotion? Like
2: I, but it's so many emo- it's I don't think there's it's like a catch-all thing. Like, but were you
1: aware of that journey for you? Oh, uh, the
2: journey. I don't I, I don't think I knew I was on a journey till I got out, I I finished it, you know, till I'd come out the other end. I, right. I remember I don't know, I could have been like three years, four years later, I just suddenly went, I'm actually okay now. You know, there. Were, I mean, I wouldn't have been bad for that length of time. I remember that, that Australian tour in kind of, in Adelaide, when we said March 04, just being really in a, you know, a little bit of apathy to it all. And I was... Anyone there would tell you we're having a great time. There was yes. all the comics. And and we're, we're all the hanging I remember the stories back. And playing pool. We're playing darts. Some the best comics you've ever seen. And we're hanging. And, and uh, you know, I was getting famous. Yeah. I thinking about you guys struggling <laughs> in Australia. You're, you're in <laughs> abracababra.
1: Because <laughs> a lot of people talk about grief, but they can't really articulate it. And I know that you're, you know, your mom died right at a time where your life was changing. And, and you know, I'm similar in that my mom died and I've been, I've been moving around a lot since and it you know I, I i'm just wondering you know what's what's grief and what's just the natural um, loneliness of comedy i think do you it, have a do you have like a specific thing that you can pinpoint and say that was clearly grief and then <sighs> that was clearly life i know that's a tough question no, i'm just I'd, curious
2: i would probably i would bottle and that it's up. a long time ago yeah no but even then the moments like you know um her birthday my parents wedding anniversary or you know the anniversary of her dying so then it's my brother's birthday you know you remember always you know i mean i would think about her most days there's something would come into my head you know it's not that thing of i must tell her that because it's been that long now you know but um i used to love making her laugh you know that that was the thing um and sometimes if i'm reminded of I don't know someone she knew or something that you know that um, uh, like with certain songs because she used there was a she used to bake so actually sometimes in a in a bakery the smell of stuff being baked would bring me back because my mum used to bake on a Sunday so like apple tarts and scones and different things like and uh, um, she'd be baking away and she used to listen to the same cassette. And I remember saying, I would have been about four or five now before you think I'm an idiot. And I used to go, is this program on every Sunday? I didn't, I wasn't aware even of cassettes and it was the same songs. There was that one, is it Memories from Cats? You know oh
1: yeah. yeah. If that, if
2: I hear that song, I it's over. I, instantly I'm thinking about my mother. regardless yes. of the, um, yeah, but just the, the certain things would bring you back. Even, um, you know, certain, uh, someone wearing certain clothes they suddenly go oh my mother had a coat like that or whatever like that you know it's still there you know it's still um, but she's always there but I I, I, the thing I find is that I find it hard to um, to, you know to pinpoint the moments I would shut them down from myself so if I'm you know today just like I would tell you the first five minutes of the conversation I felt whoa the tears are rushing up inside me here trying to get out and I go, no, 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 you're not. That's yeah, so when uh, you start telling old it, stories. It was just, yeah, it was just bringing back a lot of it, but it was just the emotion went, what? You woke me up there. What? you haven't been around for a while. Yeah. And I was going, whoa, this is, this is I wasn't expecting this, you know, but it's, I think it's Well, as I got to mo- assume it never leaves you. Oh, it never leaves you, but it's not something that's, you know, I'm not sitting looking at rain going down the window thinking, oh, there'll be my tears in a minute. You know, I don't have those moments. Well, I, I, I telling- tend to bottle it up now. I think that's part of, um who i am is that thing of you know contain it there'll be a moment to talk but i'll just deflect i'll deflect i'll deflect yeah
1: well plus you're on and a podcast it's public you know it's not like
2: what's saying it now i've no problem talking about stuff it's that thing of um but it's it's when it's just me yeah if someone asks me i, I tend to if someone asks me a question i'll tend to answer it the only people i will shut out are people who you know Thing of some idiot in the pub walking over, going, Sorry, who are you? You know, you know, but it's
1: funny because I feel like crying is part of it. Like every time I do cry, I, I do, it's quite relieving, but it's amazing that. Like, I was telling somebody, I just happened to be talking to somebody the other day, and we just she was asking me about the show, and I started talking a little bit about the show, and then that led me into talking about my mom, and I ended up sort of telling her, like, about the end, you know, mm. a very specific thing happened at the end. I mentioned on the last episode and it was just funny because I thought you know because I because because I've I said it in the eulogy I said it on the podcast I thought I would be able to tell this person this story but as I got to the end of the story like I was I I could not yeah I was crying but the funny thing was that I felt like bad for that I was like making this person uncomfortable Hmm. and it's a pity in a way I mean we're not going to get into fucking masculinity and all that shit. But it is a pity in a way that we can sit around and laugh, 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 which we love doing. But for some reason, when we cry at like the, the one of the five top five things you should cry about. yeah, like Losing your parent. I still felt like bad. Whereas I feel like it would have been better if I just was like, I cried, let it
2: go. I cried recently. I can't remember what it was. Yes. I was watching television, and it—it it might have been just something horrible that's happening in the world. There was tears; just it wasn't. I didn't floods of tears. It was tears, and I'm going. And I remember going. When's the last time you've cried? You know, and literally, I and, it, and I was there. And are you really crying? And it was. having the discussion with myself. Are you really crying about this? And I was thinking, I'm tired. There's a bit of this, and there's a bit of just I don't yeah. know. But then you just let it out. I just let it. Let the tears. I was on my own. It was probably one o'clock in the morning, just watching TV before going to bed. I was gone, it's been, a, it's been a long day, but it's just, it's, it, it was probably an element of, uh, lots of different elements made me cry, but.
1: Yeah. But I just think it's so funny because when we laugh, we just laugh.
2: Exactly. But, but
1: when we cry, we question, why am I crying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> that, guy, that guy fucking shut you down oh, for life. He,
2: no, I, I, I think it was one, I remember crying, listening to, um, I, can't tell you, I, I hate if I get the name wrong, is it Darren Sutherland, the boxer? No, himself. when he killed himself. No, yeah. his father being interviewed broke my heart on the radio. I was driving somewhere and I remember I was driving and it was like, I needed wipers for my face. It was just, uh, I don't think I've ever told anyone that. I was just cry. I can't remember where I was going. Just I heard him being interviewed and it just broke my heart. The poor, f- the, the listen to his father. I, it obviously, obviously the tragedy of the story, but the, Whatever it triggered in my life as well. Just I th- sorry, I think it's with grief. I step away, so it's like if someone, you know, I'll go to funerals, you know, and you know, I've, you know, if I'm available, if I can, I, I'm trying to make a point because that's one of the things I remember how much it meant to me when certain people showed up at the funeral. I really, yes. really touched by it. You know, people drive drove from. The, in the Cork you know not even Cork City you know County Cork to be there and I was just oh my god thank you know yeah. genu- and it's that, again like McDolan's face when i was carrying the coffin it meant it's still something you'll always think of you know oh, when you think of that person or whatever it, and it is you know it
1: is a thing where because here's um, the thing I think about grief just for myself because I actually think that like I not that I forgot to grieve for my dad but like we had the show Went on for quite a while after he died. And then you sort of like you get on with life. I went to fucking China. Major life change. Suddenly I'm two years in China. And literally right at the end of my time in China, my mom got sick. And I actually think that like after my mom died, it was like a small a small time after my mom died. I was just like, man, I I haven't been I haven't been myself for years. Mm. You know? And I actually, I I was like adamant with myself, not that this time I was going to do it better, but I said this time, I'm gonna fucking grieve because you know, the, the 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 the, it's not about the show, but the show about my dad isn't really about grief. It's about my dad's life, you know. And, but but this time, like. I have to grieve, even though I'm actually quite cynical when people fucking talk about grief and sometimes I want to shake them and just be like, yo, you got to fucking get on with life. You know, yeah, they talk yeah. about being crippled by grief. But for all my judgments about that, I do think that like, you can actually, you can give away quite a lot of your life. I think you can give away a bit of time by not letting the process happen. Mm. You know? I mean, that, that that's for that's for me personally. So I'm actually... One of the reasons why I wanted to chat to you was, I'm kind of being greedy, really. I I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to grief counseling actually, only because I just want to make sure that I'm not, you, you know, the way like you go to a physio, yeah, yeah and yeah. then the physio goes, you know, you've been you've been leaning on your left side for three years. You probably weren't aware of it. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, put this you in know? your shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to go to like a grief counselor for them to just be like. Yeah, you know, that thing that's been going on for you is actually quite common Yeah, yeah, yeah. for people who have sort of been suspended in grief. Now, by the way, this is just a hypothetical slash assumption that they might say something, but I kind of just want to make double sure that I'm not like selling myself short in life by allowing sort of unfinished business to be floating around. Mm. You know what I mean? But
2: you talk about that decade, I think with your father, there would have been... I, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but pre-grief. So you know he's dying. There's Pre- that element yes. of, and in a good way, it, it's a good thing that can happen you know, in many ways because you get to say goodbye. You get to, you know, express. Yeah, and we were and lucky to turn things. it into this amazing experience. Yeah, you get to share, you know, and you go, oh, it's better than him just being hit by a bus or something like that. And you never, you know, whatever. But um, I, I, I don't know. I think as um, as a comedian, I think the thing with grief, uh no, I think just as as a human being, like, you know, people can walk through life not realizing what they're carrying and what's burdening mm. them down. That's how you sometimes, you know, you'll hear of oh, this couple, they were married for thirty years and then suddenly he just went off with you know, he just he probably had an awakening of, Oh no, I'm doing what am I doing? Yeah. You know, those things can happen and they can be triggered by grief or by whatever but you know it's it's um it's that weird thing of being a comedian as having to deal with whatever is going on in your life and then flick the stage setting yeah i don't mind i don't
1: don't mind that part but i also think personally that like i mean this is just very personal to me but you know my mother was just the more important figure well my dad was very it was very easy to sort of like set my dad because my dad was just this lovely man but Mm. he really wasn't the he was not the boss
2: no i would say it's actually would say it's a similar in our our house with my father i wouldn't have i i I actually would be quite i was quite close to both my parents more so than my siblings you know yeah from a young from my teens i would have been closer to my parents than any of the brothers and sisters it's slightly different now but um the thing with my father, a joke is hard to talk to him because he's getting kind of deaf. So you'll sometimes tell him something, and he'll say back something completely different to you, and you're going, "Oh jeez, you know what am I? You know,
1: I mean, I would go so far as to say that I think for most, well, for most men, I think the mother relationship is probably more important anyway. But that is a, just it. Probably a-
2: is, yeah. I think it, maybe it's the Irish mother thing as well. yeah. Like, yeah. You
1: know- but there's just more like. The mother is the nurturer, whether that's down to, you know, bullshit gender roles. But even, d- even just more nurturing going on.
2: Uh, I know your, your father worked in... And she wasn't a great nurturer.
1: <laughs> Which is, that's, yeah. that's part of what but I'm my mother, would, my
2: mother would have been a tough woman. She was like two different people to me growing up. She would have been the matriarch and, and fear is probably a little strong, but I would have been a little bit afraid of her growing up because she was the disciplinarian. Yeah, And my father was the sales rep. So he was away a couple of nights a week. So she was ruling the roost at home. So even he's she moving
1: though? Um
2: I think she was, but my my main memories of her are from helping to look after. So that bond there is what she represents to me. You know, when I was growing up when I was a kid, it's you know, memories are muddled, you know what I mean? Yeah, my my yeah, grandmother yeah. would have been in the house a lot. My I've I've cousins lived up just up the road. So we would have been all, you know, around together and other obviously because my grandmother's next door all the other cousins would have come and visited. So there was always, you know, people around. There was always stuff. But my mum would have been, um, yeah, I think it might have been that thing of being one of five, you know, you know. and the, the back in the day. Now I find it hilarious, people talking about raising kids and what they had to do. And I'm going, I don't
1: know how they did it
2: in our day and when you I was just a kid. let us out and play. But yeah, we were out in the road. We were up the road. And like once you came home in time for dinner, it was kind of... Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: well, I have a lot of stuff. Well, the annoying thing is that I have a lot of stuff about that. Mm. That's kind of from the shows that I've been doing now. It fits very nicely into the show about my mom, but I yeah, don't really, yeah. I don't really have it to slot in there. Yeah, you know. But anyway, I won't start. But I am, I am, I am fucking starting a show about my mom, and I am fucking committed to it now, bro. There's nothing I can do. I'm pretty content. I, I really, I think, I was looking at the description of the show, and actually that i wrote like a couple of months ago because you have to fucking yeah, know, yeah write these things before you know and actually i'm annoyed at myself because the description of the show is, is quite emotional but actually the show is really like the show all all the humor of the show is really about like motherhood dysfunctional families the organization of funerals uh and eulogies you know yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. really kind of like A stand-up version of the Unbelievables, the Funeral, but with a bit more of a sort of like an emotional. (laughs) What are you going to do
2: during the interval? Get them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and then the one section that's not written yet, even though I have an idea, is this section about grief, which is funny because that's really just a metaphor for what's going on for me, which is like, I don't, I haven't made sense of the grief yet.
2: I went looking for it's somewhere at home. It's going. I'll hopefully find it. When my mother was in the housewife for the year, she was on. It was on radio back then. So I think the cassette has to, it's there somewhere. But what I found was a cassette of when they got a stereo in our house that had a microphone that <laughs> you could record stuff. So my mother recorded us as kids. So there was like, I think my sister sang a poem and stuff like that. I come in. So my mother is kind of like being a presenter in it. And now, oh, here's Carl. Yeah. And I go, I start singing, We All Live in a Yellow Submarine. And she goes, sing it. we all live in a yellow, she, all I know is like that line, didn't know, the yeah. Beatles or whatever. <laughs> and she goes, will you sing a different song? And I go, we all live in a blue submarine. Which I think <laughs> is my first joke, <laughs> recorded. But it's all this, my that mother, That would have
1: been a great opener for the fucking,
2: for the podcast. <laughs> Toss Housewife of the Year. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but the funny thing was, our, we had a dog, Jagger was the dog we had. And uh, my mother's been all presenter, it's almost, I we we'll call her phone voice version of my mum. And then, um, Someone goes, oh, and here's the dog. Did someone leave the back door open? And that, <laughs> to me, was my mother when I was a child. <laughs>
1: that You sorry. had that, though. That's nice. I had
2: that, yeah. Did someone leave the back door? And just, I floored me laughing. It wasn't <laughs> even emotion. It wasn't, it was just, yeah, that's ma'am. Not, not the, okay, now we've Tara to do a poem.
1: <laughs> well, but there is it. that
2: thing of comedians trying to please their mothers. And I think, I remember hearing that. You're talking about oh you're going through grief you're not the only one who's done this and a counselor might tell you oh this is what's wrong with you yeah blah, blah blah but that for me when i heard people talking about that about comedians it was jimmy carr i think i mentioned this to you before jimmy carr being interviewed by mario rosenstock and jimmy said oh you find a comedian i know jimmy's mother's dead but uh find a comedian and uh you'll find someone trying to please their mother is that, is uh, that right yeah 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 and i was uh driving the car and i'm little listening to this going oh my gosh that is that is it. That is how it started for me. There was literally the comedy muscles developed trying to make Jerry Jerry Costello laugh. It's funny you should Jeremy. say that because
1: I listened back because I'm really one of the other reasons I wanted to talk to you was I'm really getting serious now about preparing for next year. So I listened back to both of the uh, podcasts I did because I recorded something the night my mom died and I recorded something five days after my mom died and I listened to the five day one and it is clear as day that one of my main concerns in the organization of the funeral was that my mother would be proud of the job that we did.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're still doing, even though she's still, you're still trying to please still her. Still doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing you hear—you um, know—people going, "Oh no, no." They, they, they try and make it about them. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, not saying in your case, but do you know what I mean? Some other relation will come in and go, "No, no, it has to be this." And they go, you, you obviously don't even know the person who just died, saying things like that. Or oh, listen, bro. They go, I want to be cremated. They go, no, no, she didn't really mean that. Or, you know, this kind of thing. Oh, they're, they're the thing, again, I go. There's
1: a lot of humor. I have a little bit of that in the show, though. Not to fury. That's a separate.
2: I think, I, I was thinking just when you were talking about the funeral, that... Um, it's one of those, if you'd even put out, going, if someone could bring sandwiches, you'd probably get more sandwiches. You'd feed the, You'd have fed oh, New York. Oh, did you York. listen to the five-day thing? Oh, no. Was that on it? Was that sorry? That's what
1: I'm saying about the fucking, like, people say, if I can do anything. And if you actually said what to do. Oh, like, to do something. So really, what you need to do is bring fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, true, yeah. though.
2: Do you know, could you bring anything? Yeah, if someone could bring. Well, an, the problem a, is
1: that most people make it about them. It's not about you.
2: If someone could bring a PlayStation 4.
1: Yeah. <laughs> bring me fucking. Can you pay the rent for the next six months? <laughs> Yeah, well, people make, you know, and obviously, the, I, think, I think it's been done a million times, but there are, like, professional grievers, people that make it about them. I mean, you know, there were some people that were close to my mom, but they didn't get the boundaries. And, but at the same time, like, everybody's got their own shit, so I don't like to be too judgmental, mm. you know? But I think, I, I personally think that I'm pretty good at understanding the boundaries of other people when they're in this situation. And you, you, you kind of, I kind of know my role. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, just some people just don't. But you know, whatever. And like that's 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 life. But th- it does bring out some funny shit in people. You oh, know?
2: It, it, it's it's amazing. I find it amazing the, you know, that kind of level of you know lack of awareness. I suppose just to,
1: yeah, people like to really you know people want to be the chief mourner yeah it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> just i i don't know what it is about people just want to be the fucking the main mourner
2: i imagine half the people at the gayburn funeral were thinking oh the the rt executives will be there i better go <laughs> it's amazing when legacy. you try and think of what he did but i i used to when he was hosting the late late when he had a comic on i said he was he was brilliant at holding back and letting them I, I doubt if he ever stepped on a punchline and you'd see that on lots of you know you can
1: there's a lot of things you can mourn with the loss of gay burn, <laughs> and the, the ability to, to fucking not step the <laughs> ability <laughs> to have a decent interview to make it all about me <laughs> <laughs> you the, know uh, the, some people are so self-centered but the one thing I would say <laughs> no but I have to say man because I, I did the New Year's I did a New Year's special with him he left the late late the first time I was on the late late I was on with Pat but I did this New Year's special thing with gay burn the difference The difference was immense mm. Because like We just chatted Yeah yeah We just had the crack
2: Was this on the air was the th- Yeah the it, was crack? Some, it was some New Year's uh, Eve the, the funny thing with Pat is I find him Like when I met him Such a cool that, like, dude
1: Amazing man
2: Like he had me I could have yeah. listened to him forever But that was Gay's talent Yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: We got to go, bro. Yeah. You know, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes.
2: I'll okay, We'll edit it down to 10 minutes where it's just I'm you talking. I'm not editing it down. <laughs> I'll get accused. It's just you talking. Um, why was I never supporting you? You did you tell su- me why.
1: You supported me many times, but then you get too good.
2: That's what you said. You said you it's get too good. And I was like, oh,
1: great. But why do I get to support people now?
2: <laughs>
1: but I'll have you back on. We'll talk. I didn't mean to. Gr- I, I was just using you.
2: Thank God, my mum died. I would get 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 my profile up.
1: I was just using you to try to help with the grief, but you didn't help because I think you're in denial about your own grief. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll be in floods of tears now when I go out.
1: Well, no, because I'll be I'll be asking you for well, I'll probably ask you for a bit of help with the show. I don't actually need help with the show writing wise, but I I we'll see how the order no, I, goes.
2: I'll, I'll give it a pass over. The, uh, I haven't turned it
1: off yet. All right, sorry. But anyway, Carl, thank you very much. What, what's your uh, what is all your social media stuff? Um,
2: Carl Spain. I'm Carl King of, K-I-N-G-O-V. Carl jo- King of. The joke being King of Spain, but...
1: Um, yes. But for that's some reason, I always, I always read it as Carlingov. Oh, right. But it's Carl King of. Carl K- King on of. On Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. What are you on Instagram? I think I'm just Carl
2: Spain. Um, I don't really... I do, really I'm, fucking I'm about her. to do loads on Instagram. Yeah, Carl Spain. I don't think there's another Carl Spain. Maybe there is. But you'll find me. You'll find me. You'll, you know, if you really want to find me, you'll find me. Can't be that hard to find.
1: Tuesday nights in Galway.
2: Tuesday nights in uh, the Roisin. Wednesday nights. Any night? big shows coming up? Oh, loads. Don't want to talk about them. Going okay. to China. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plugging
1: part of the show. All right,
2: yeah, yeah. Where are we now? When will this begin? up? I'm
1: actually... I'm going to put it up tonight.
2: Um. Oh, yeah. Tuesday, every Tuesday in the Roisin Dove and... Um, the laughter lounge next weekend yeah there you go there you go Um, come on Carl you gotta get down with the fucking social media Gory, Gory is starting a new comedy club that'll be great are you doing that yeah I can get you in
1: Gory's coming up good
2: yeah 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 um dubai and you'll, you'll
1: be you, you'll be happy to be on just talk about whatever right anything anything I'll, we'll I'll have, you know, you know, it doesn't have gonna no gonna, one has to die
2: for me to come back <laughs> we're
1: gonna we're gonna keep it going on the regular Stephen mullen's gonna be a regular contributor oh, sometimes a, i'll just have prick. guests <laughs> and people and think
2: the, we're brothers because we look so like you, you and steve <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right thank you carl
2: thank you guys
1: so thanks everyone for listening thanks to carl uh, I'm putting this up right now uh, I'm in Drada tonight Sold out But uh, there's uh, I'm in Tellamore in two weeks There's tickets left for that And maybe there's a couple of Tickets left for Colamo- Tellamore In two weeks All my other gigs are sold out And then If you haven't had enough Chats about my dead mom I will be doing Mia Mama Which begins in January It's all over Ireland Desbishop.net Forward slash Tour dates uh, Check it out um, So the Desbishop podcast Is going to be weekly I'm putting this up now because I just wanted to get it going. Haven't decided on a day yet. The shift goes out on Tuesdays. And I don't know whether to make this like a weekend podcast, put it out on a Friday. Or should I put it out on like Monday morning? Uh, So I have to make that decision uh, in the next couple of days. But this is going out today. And the next time the podcast goes up, it'll be on the day. That it's going to go out. But it's certainly not going to be this Monday. Uh, The earliest the next one will go out is next Friday. But it may be the following Monday. But it's definitely going to be going. Our next episode is going to be with Stephen Mullen. Talk to him about his show, Son of a Preacher Man. Uh, Which um, I I do want to have Stephen on as a regular contributor. But I thought, firstly, let me introduce him to you guys. And he's got a very interesting story about his life. So that'll be the next episode, and if anybody wants to complain about the fact that there's too many male guests on the Desbyshire podcast, well, by golly, you can go over to The Shift because it's a fucking female fest over there. Uh, And um, this isn't going to be the more male podcast, but at the same time, uh, there will be plenty of male guests over here, just so you know. Uh, And that's it. Um, You know, listen, you know, you guys that are listening right now, you're probably like people that forgot to delete that forgot to unsubscribe because I wasn't putting up. So thank you for that. But if you're listening and you don't subscribe, please subscribe, subscribe five stars on iTunes. It'll be up on Spotify in a couple of days. I put in the application, tell everybody that we're back. Um, you know, if I, if the Des Bishop podcast, I really just want it to be about everything, uh, from, from mental health to, to climate change. And, uh, Uh, you know, a lot of stuff that we all need to know about and we like talking about. And uh, I I think I want to do a Trump ep. I might even just do like a Trump special this week because I'm fucking, this guy's fucking pissing me off. Might do that on my own. Uh, Because it is fucking ridiculous. Enough with this guy already. Um, uh, So that's it, guys. We'll chat to you uh, next week. Thank you so much.